everybody, welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I'm MK. And I'm Sam. And this is a very special episode because it is our last episode that we're filming in our apartment together. So you know we gotta go out with a bang. It had to be, we had to go all out. You looked around for good haunts, I looked around for good haunts. We settled on one that is it technically on the East Coast? That's I a, consider that's a, it yeah. the East Coast. We're gonna say it is because this one. It was too good to pass up. We couldn't not do it. Too it's like good. A, it's a f- grand finale of the first chapter of East Coast Haunts. Exactly. The first season, if you will. The first season, exactly, because it hasn't even been a full year. So No. The first season. So, we have a little, a little interactive, maybe not interactive element, but a fun little element to do. You know that this had to be a special element. And right? I wish that you could see the setup in the apartment right now. <laughs> we have a food, a food wire, what are those? A food scale? A food scale. Um, but we're not cooking, Sam. No, we're not cooking. We're drinking. We're bartending. That's right. It, it was the only, go out with a bang, you know, champagne, except it's not champagne, because Mary-Kate <laughs> is making us a drink that has to do with the haunt of the day. And this very special segment is called Haunted Happy Hour, with spirits both literally and figuratively. I don't trademark, know sense. trademark that. No, they get it. Don't steal it. it. You know. (laughs) And they're like, we're not going to steal it. (laughs) You can have that. So I'm going to be concocting this little drink on the air. So let's get to it. All right. right, I'm going to announce what I'm putting in our little shaker boy. And you guys can tell me what you think, where where you think we're headed. Yeah. Okay. So let's start. So we're going to start with. An ounce, this is doubled actually, so two ounces of simple syrup. Okay. Ooh, it's going to be kind of like ASMR too. Yes, it is. That's why I put the, I put the microphone close <gasps> to the shaker oh, this will so be that fun. we could, so that we can vibe. All right. So, so far, so many things have simple syrup in them, so I feel like I'd be like, okay. Right? <laughs> well, we've got more coming. All right, now we've got two ounces of fresh lime juice, <gasps> but I only what had enough you, for one. What did you just squeeze that? I just squeezed it right before we sat down to start I did doing not the episode. I didn't see you do that. <laughs> I'm just that sneaky. All right, and now I'm you're stealthy. putting in, what's that? This is sweetened lime juice, so. Ooh, okay, so some fresh and some sweetened. Yeah, because I ran out of fresh. Okay, then. <laughs> you don't have to admit that. <gasps> I was ill-prepared. What's now, this? two ounces of cucumber vodka. Oh, cucumber vodka. This sounds like kind of like a spa day vibe so far. A little heavy on the vodka boy. <laughs> That's how we like it around here. <laughs> We're, we are our grandmother's granddaughter. Yes, we are. Eight oh, ounces. She, she's got the Brita. <laughs> I do have the, I have the Brita. It calls for eight ounces of chilled water. Please don't spill that on your laptop. That would be really, that would be a great way to end East Coast Haunts really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. but the Patreon money can't pay for a new laptop. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not quite there yet. Which, speaking of, go subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, to pay for her new laptop. And the oh. key ingredient the, that's going to give it away. The big kahuna, if you will, is absinthe. Absinthe. And that's where this calls for three ounces of absinthe. Look at it. It's it's a nice. It little, is green. It's a light green. That's one more ounce, I think. It's quite a pretty color. All right. 
I have to tell you guys that I felt like such a weirdo (laughs) (laughs) buying (laughs) buying the absinthe because I just walked over there from the gym and I'm like behind a bunch of college girls who are buying like natty lights and like beatboxes, high noons, and here I am with a bottle of cucumber vodka and absinthe. They were definitely like, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like waiting for the guy who's checking me out to say something about it. And he didn't, which I think makes it worse. Yeah, you're like, can you just at least acknowledge that <laughs> like, it's please, weird? Like, please, that it's weird, right? Because okay. like, I know it's weird. <laughs> I know, I know, and I want you to know he that He probably gets some crazy combinations over there, though. Yeah, that's true. A bar, uh, a liquor store in a college town Ooh, knows yeah. no shortage of weirdos. All right, Let's we're going to give this a shake. Yeah. That's a shake, that's for a, sure. That's a good shake. I've never realized how a, a shaker looks like an urn, sort of. Yeah. Right? Just adding to the spooky element. It is. Now we're going to give this bad boy a go, and we're going to pour it into two glasses, and we're going to give you our review. And I'm so excited. while I do this, Sam, you want to tell us where we're, where we're headed this if week? If you have not guessed yet, because I wouldn't have guessed, so no, it's I definitely fine. Wouldn't yeah. We're going to New Orleans, Louisiana, to the Old Absinthe House. Oh my gosh, and Mary Kay just gave me the drink. It's definitely like a nice light green. Actually, it's very aesthetically pleasing. It looks like like the color of like an apple teeny, if you can If you can conjure that up. Cheers. Wait, wait, do it closer to the mic. <laughs> Was Cheers. Good? All right. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I also want to take a picture of us since it's like our, our last episode here. Thank you. Okay. You got it. All right. So, the old absinthe house... In, in New, New Orleans. Orleans. So it's interesting because New Orleans New Orleans <laughs> is definitely considered one of the more haunted places, I think, on the East Coast slash in the United States in general. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. Have you ever been to New Orleans? I have been to New Orleans once. Um, it was a few, I would say I was maybe like a sophomore or a junior in high school. Okay. Um, and it was super fun, but I was not 21, so I couldn't drink. Oh, that stinks um, a little bit. And I, I remember like my mom and dad had these um, like jello shots that were inside of like those, those syringes. And that was like, back okay, before yeah. that was a thing. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever and I wanted to try so bad. But I remember Bourbon Street was insane. Bourbon Street is fun. Um, I think it would be fun if I had been able to drink. We should go back there and do like a haunted We tour. should. We should because there's so much. I would love to go back I there. I mean, talk about a haunted city. Yeah. Seriously. Okay. And you've been there too? I have. I was right there recently, actually, actually last year. Actually, right around this time because um, my college, Villanova, made it to the final four yeah. and, and uh, New Orleans was hosting it. That was so crazy. I was only, I was only there for like 48 hours. And didn't you stay at like an Airbnb or like a hotel or an Airbnb like so far away It or was something? an Airbnb like an hour outside of the city. And it was, like, quite literally in the bayou. I've never, also, I've never seen a house, like, with such a weird design. There was a staircase that was so steep, I actually had to get on my, like, hands and knees to, like, go up it. And I, and it was after Bourbon Street, so I was a little bit worried. I was going to say, yeah, that that someone was going to go careening down it. (laughs) That's, like, dehumanizing to make you crawl up the stairs. I know. Okay, let's try our sip. All right. Go. I thought I wasn't going to like it. It's fine. I don't like the absinthe, to be honest with you. Yeah, the absinthe is just weird. It tastes like a good and plenty. 
It tastes like a good and plenty. It tastes exactly. like a good and plenty. Which, if you guys don't know, they're like those white and pink looking, pill looking candies. Yeah, with like black licorice on the inside, and then it's candy coated to make it like palatable. But then the candy coating is gross too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's it's out. It totally tastes like a good and plenty. You're right. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna drink it, but it's not my favorite. I'm gonna drink it too. Look at wait. If you look at it, there's like. Not sparkles, but like, do you see that like interesting kind of film on the top? That's I, I think that's like the lime, the that might be. lime. Hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> if we start hallucinating during this episode, which we won't, because we know that that's a myth, thanks to our episode on you. Yes. Um, which is on the Patreon for those of you wondering where that is. Go subscribe. Go subscribe. But let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. So I'm going to start by telling you about the history of the old absinthe house. Okay. Please do. So John Lafitte's old absinthe house, as it's sometimes called, is a 200-year-old bar located on 240 Bourbon Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. I didn't realize it was right on Bourbon Street. It is. It's, It's... it's almost like one of those blink and you'll miss it places. Like, okay, it's sort of like old fashioned, like a smaller sign, at least from the pictures I saw. Interesting. Yeah. Cause Bourbon street already has so much going yeah, on. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that'll be the last thing you see. So the old absinthe house was erected, <laughs> LOL, <laughs> in 1798, but it was not originally intended to be a bar. It was owned by a man named, named Pedro Front and another man named Francisco Juncadilia of Barcelona. So they were the two Spanish men. And they used the building for their importing firm. Hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) but I think an importing firm is just a place that sells products that are imported from other countries. That makes sense to me. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I I, I looked it up and like, I looked up importing firm and then they were all just saying like, did you mean like import like what is an import so i was like okay i feel like that's what that means i would agree especially because back then the importing exporting was like a hot hot topic (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um so that's what they used the building for so they sold things that weren't necessarily available in the u.s unless they were imported from another city first for example there are certain types of food tobacco like spanish liquor that um these guys would get and then they would sell to the citizens of Louisiana. Hmm. But I guess it wasn't Louisiana yet, so the, the, the people oh, of the area. I like actually kind of forgot that it wasn't. Yeah, no. Oh, wait. Yeah, because when was the Louisiana? It was uh, until later. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it was basically like a corner store or a bodega if you're a <laughs> kind of slay. Yeah, so it's like it was like an old-fashioned corner store. I mean, that's it. what it was for a while. But then 17 years after it originally opened... Um, so this is now around 1815. The bottom floor of the old absinthe house is redesigned into a saloon. Super fun, right? I, you know what? I've always wanted to go to a saloon. Me too. Like a genuine, even like a like a hokey saloon I would go to. Actually, I take that back. I have been to a hokey saloon. Where? So back where I like grew up, there was this thing called like Wild West City and it was like <laughs> sounds like New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it was speaking of New Jersey, we forgot yes. to tell everyone what our um like haunted news of the day was. <gasps> oh wow. Guys, this is like really really scary. Yeah, it, like I literally am going to lose sleep over no, it. No, I was I was freaked out when I read this, but 
um, cops in New Jersey, in Old Bridge, New Jersey, which is like sort of where I grew up. Yeah, they were in the woods, right? They were in the woods and they found out that someone had dumped 300 pounds of cooked pasta. Of spaghetti. Spaghetti. When you mom come <laughs> home and make spaghetti. This is definitely going to be a very unhinged episode. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just feel like I had to mention that. Yeah, we thought that we were, like, laughing for a good couple minutes. Cracking up over it. Because, like, who... Like, what is your theory on who dumped 300 pounds of spaghetti? Like, what a waste, first of all. The ghosts, probably. Yeah. Probably the Jersey Devil. The Italian... Those dang Italian... New Jersey Italians. Uh, There's a lot of them. I'm sitting right next to one. (laughs) So that was like our spooky news of the day that we were like, we have to say this. It's not that spooky, but it's yeah, kind so of um, But anyway, back to Wild West City. Mm-hmm. They like, it was this little, uh, like, I don't even know what how to describe it. It like almost like a theme park, but there were no rides. It's super And it was like supposed to be like an Old West City. It sounds right? fun. It was, well, it was fun. You would go on like a stagecoach and like they had reenactors like come and like hold up the the stagecoach and, like, rob you, quote-unquote. But they had, like, a saloon, and I'll never forget. My younger sister was, like, walking. (laughs) Like, everything had gone wrong that day. Like, we were late to, like, our ticketed portion of the thing. Like, uh, my other younger sister, like, screamed and cried during the reenactment. And then my my other younger sister was running up the stairs. How old were they? How old were they? I was, like, five or six. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) <laughs> crying during the reenactment if I was one of those actors I would have felt so bad and my other younger sister was running up the stairs to go into the saloon and I think like you know how they have those like doors, swinging doors yeah of course. I think like one like swung back oh my God. or she like tripped or fell something and she like cut up the entire <gasps> side of her leg and was like screaming oh. so that was our last so time did you wild get, west i was gonna say did you get banned from wild west city um i don't think so but i don't think you girls were, were wreaking havoc <laughs> <laughs> you were not built for the wild west i don't know if anyone listening can tell this but absinthe is 46 percent alcohol <laughs> it's going straight to my head <laughs> Right. But even without the absinthe, that's so. Hilarious. Anyway, the old absinthe house was turned into a saloon. Yes, into a saloon, an old timey saloon. And it's funny because when they first turned it into a saloon, they originally called it Alex's Coffee House or Alex's. It's spelled A L E I X. So I'm like, I don't know if it's like Alex or Alex, but I w- I would just say Alex. Okay. So pretend that Wait, Alex's Coffee House. Yeah, it sounds so uh, modern. Yeah, modern. Alex's Coffee House. Uh, but then it was renamed the Absinthe Room. It was mm. renamed because a mixologist by the name of Cayetano Ferrer created his signature cocktail there called the Absinthe House Frap. Who? If you had to guess what was, like, describe an absinthe, absinthe House Frap, what do you think that sounds like? Um, is there absinthe in it? Yes. Okay. A frap to me, mm-hmm. I know that is like a blended coffee drink. Okay. So I would say like a blended coffee, like a frozen blended coffee. Very close. It with was absinthe. It was kind of, I, I kind of tricked you, but like, yes. So frap, yeah, you think of like a frappuccino. Yeah, exactly. TM. So it's not actually, it doesn't have coffee in it, but it's almost like a slushy. 
Interesting. Um, with like simple syrup and absinthe. So it's kind of like what we're drinking right now, but, but if it was a, a frozen, slushy. a slushy version. So it kind of mm. sounds good, right? Especially in that Louisiana heat. You know what? Definitely could put down an absinthe frap. What or are two. They called? Yeah, absinthe house frap. <laughs> absinthe so then I guess they were like, oh, well, we have to call this place the absinthe room. So pretty cool, right? Yeah, definitely. Love it. So a quick note about absinthe. I just thought this was interesting. Since the bar is named after this liquor, I just thought we should go into what absinthe is. Obviously. So absinthe is a spirit with a long and sordid history. So are you going to tell us about the history? Just a little bit, yeah. Question. Because I'm going to fact check you because the back of our <laughs> bottle like, of why absinthe... why is she asking this? The back of our bottle of absinthe has... Has fact. The history of absinthe oh, on it. Oh, God, no pressure. Okay. All right. Hopefully go my ahead. sources were correct. I'll tell you if it checks out. Absinthe is light green in color. Yeah. And it is categorized as an overproof liquor. What is that? This means that its ABV or alcohol by volume is typically above 50%. I know you said ours is 46. Ours is only 46. So, and I'll get into that in a second. That's okay. But typically, <laughs> traditionally, it's above 50%. Okay. Um, in fact, That's most crazy. absinthe liquors are between 45 and 74%. Well, we checked that. So for reference, underproof liquors include wine, liqueurs, mm. beer, and malt beverages. So you know when you see on your like white claw, I'm pretty sure it's like 5% ABV. So it's like 10 proof, right? That's how that works? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Correct. Um, quick maths. <laughs> Not that it wasn't 5 <laughs> plus <maths>. 5. <laughs> um, and you know, I feel like, I feel like maybe uh, wine is more like, maybe like, 15-proof-ish. Yeah. So it's like things, you know, it's like, they're not strong, but it's like after a couple, you're going to be feeling it. Um, whereas me. other drinks like vodka, vodka definitely can have a very high ABV. Um, but it's not an overproof because it's not... No, it can It can be overproof. So Interesting. vodkas range from 40% to 95%, which is like insane. And I'm pretty sure, I wonder if if moonshine is what they meant by the 95%. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Because I don't know how moonshine is made. I don't think it's vodka. It's uh, apples, I think. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. That's crazy. I used to have a friend that would make moonshine in their basement. Isn't that illegal? Uh, probably, but we're not friends anymore. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, well, because she was making <laughs> moonshine in her basement. <laughs> um. So vodka can be 40 to 95%, and rum is usually like, rum and whiskey actually are about 36 to 50%, and tequila is like 50 to 51. So absinthe overall is much stronger than the rest of these. Interesting. Overall. I mean, I don't think that like your average like Smirnoff is going to be 95, you know? Well, we have Smirnoff sitting right here. So let's see Smirnoff what is. is 30% alcohol by yeah, volume. Yeah, 30. Okay, so wait, hold on. If you had to pick one alcohol... Yes. Just to, like, drink for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Like, a kind of alcohol. Like, I'm talking, like, yes. vodka, tequila. I would pick tequila. Whiska. Whiska. Bruh. I think I would also pick tequila. Whiska. Really? You would? I think so. I'm not a I thought big... of you were more of a rum girl. I do love rum. Yeah, me I'd like too, to but change I think, my answer. I think... <laughs> oh, forgot about rum. There's only, like, five to pick from. <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think that rum. I just get. I feel like I get. I maybe just because I think of like Malibu, but mm, like Malibu I can't can do sometimes Malibu. be too much. Yeah, I know Malibu. Did it do you dirty in the past? No, I had a handle of 
Malibu, not during my freshman year of college. Um, and I didn't know you were like that. (laughs) I I didn't. No, I didn't have one. Okay. okay, But if I had had one, (laughs) this is what would have happened. I would have probably nursed it for like the second half of the first semester because I like didn't have any friends to drink it with. Oh, you're so cute. (laughs) And then when I made friends my second semester, let's go. I overdid the Malibu. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so now when you smell sunscreen, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) have you ever seen the TikToks that are like, maybe we should get one of these. It's like people in like a liquor store picking up like Pink Whitney or like Malibu or like Fireball, <laughs> like all of the like typical like like early twenties like yes, ones exactly, that you overdo and you throw exactly. That's great. Well, absinthe isn't one of them because no one drinks absinthe besides us apparently. <laughs> there were three bottles of absinthe on the shelf like at this liquor store. So I guess some people drink it. No, like they don't stock. They don't stop. Yeah, this absolutely. is probably from like the 1800s. Dude, the bottle I bought was like $33, which oh. is like a lot. That's a lot of money. Oh my god. But I we needed to have Guys, this. please subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. will never financially recover from this. <laughs> no. But the other two bottles were like 70 bucks. That's ridiculous. I was like, but there was only one of each, so I was like. You're like, well, I got the I'm last one, to get the... but I'm sure it's been sitting there for like three years. Isn't that good though? It's aged. Yeah, definitely. So what we're drinking right now, do you want to know what it's made from? Do I? Yes. Okay. It's nothing suspicious. So absinthe is made from medicinal and culinary herbs and plants, which you can kind of taste it as you're drinking You know it. what? That's kind of like gonna come back later on. Really? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Put a little bookmark in that. So it's made of herbs and plants and it gets its signature bitter flavor from fennel and wormwood okay so i don't like fennel mm-hmm. which is very uncommon for italians because yeah, like fennel's all in like love. a lot of like sausages yeah. and stuff which is like the only time that i really like can stand it yeah what the hell is wormwood wait so <laughs> i was glad. focusing on the wrong part i'm of glad you asked <laughs> you're like going it's like your sword in past with fennel <laughs> um wormwood is what is causing these alleged hallucinogenic properties? Interesting. So, wormwood. Hold on, I'm gonna look up a picture, just so I know I'm not sounding like an idiot. It's. I know it sounds like a wood, but it's really just like a look. It's like an herb right there. You might have actually seen it before. I feel like I definitely have. It almost looks a teeny, teeny, tiny bit like cilantro, but not growing at all. up in the burbs of New Jersey. You I've know, definitely you know seen that some wormwood. wormwood. So wormwood is what allegedly causes these hallucinogenic properties that absinthe is like so famous for. Um, it's definitely got a super strong anise. Or I'm, I'm thinking, is it anise or anise? Because I say anise when I read it, but I think it's anise. You're asking the wrong girl. All right. I, I mispronounce so much. I would say, I would say it's... Make your guess. I say it's anise. Okay. Because that's what I read it as. But I think you're right. I think it is anise. We're going to find out. As you look that up, I'm going to tell the readers, the the readers, the listeners, what Wormwood reminds me of. And it's like in the first Harry Potter Anus. when he's... <laughs> what is it? Anus. Okay, Anus. So it is Anus. Okay. Continue. So Wormwood reminds me of in the first Harry Potter when, he, when Snape's being like a jerk and quizzing Harry and he's like, like, what, what would you, how would you go about making like a the draught of the sleeping death and he's like 
and like the number one ingredient is like the powder root of wormwood or something. There it is. So that's a good memory you have there. I've Sorry, seen... I had to wash down the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to wash down the wormwood. So okay, this drink is like not for the faint of heart. I'm gonna be for real. You have to drink the whole thing though. I I know. I'm going to. This Don't worry. Don't Thank worry. You. Thank you. So, like I said, it's got that super strong anise slash licorice flavor, which, like you were just saying, I don't, I hate the taste of black licorice. Me too. Twizzlers, like, I don't consider those licorice. No, Twizzlers are good. Twizzlers are, like, strawberry flavored or something. I, and I know I'm going to get hate for this. Twizzlers are better than red vines, and that is the fact. I don't know if I've had red vines before. They're, like, they're they just taste more right? medicine-y, I Ew. think, to me. And, yeah, then I like Twizzlers better too but i like the pull apart twizzlers you know what i'm talking about i like i like the regular ones i like the super long ones that you can like whip, <gasps> whip with yes them. i got in so much trouble when i was really? a kid because one time we went to hershey That's park so with my with my little sisters and i whipped one of them this is and then they fell and they started crying they started crying for you to hold up there's a theme in this episode there is anyway. your sister's crying <laughs> so the absinthe that is legally sold in the u.s only has trace amounts of the wormwood plant okay that's kind of so no you're very unlikely to hallucinate when you drink absinthe in fact (laughs) you'd actually need to eat an entire wormwood plant (laughs) to get that hallucinogenic property going so like if you really want to hallucinate like you have to eat the entire wormwood plant done like that's not worth it oh my god i know get me a wormwood I feel so, like at that point it would just be easier to do like a magic mushroom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I guess if you're like super, super determined to like hallucinate with wormwood, like I don't know, man. I don't know. Is it worth it though? Start cultivating now. I'm scared that I'm gonna have like super vivid dreams tonight. I know. Because I of this, I'm gonna be freaked out. We're we'll check be back visited with you by a ghost. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like, stop your podcast. It sucks ass. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to reality, back to life. Now it's 1874, okay? Mm. This bar called the Absinthe Room is named after that famous Absinthe House frap, right? Yes. Love Prohibition it. officially starts. Oh, no. In January 1920, which I kind of like completely forgot about that part of history. Like, that's crazy that that happened. What? Like, Prohibition? prohibition? Yeah. Why did they do that again? Because I think there was a movement that was saying, like, alcohol is bad, it's the devil, which, like, you know, fair enough. Like, people, I do think it brings out the worst in people. It does. But as I drink, as I sip my absinthe. Listen. But there was, was like, a big movement about it, and I think maybe the politicians, like, felt pressure or something. So, Prohibition banned the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcohol in the United States, Damn. for those who didn't know. But it didn't ban the consumption? Mm. So if I was making my own alcohol, I'd be good? No, because you would be producing it. Oh, so production, importation, Transportation, and, and sale. So basically, yes, everything. And I think it's like assumed that like drinking alcohol is also illegal. But wh- okay, what if I already had like a stash of alcohol? You know what? Go back to 1920. And, ask and them. go ask them. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, the bar uh, continued to stay afloat secretly by. Um, oh my god, you were like a thousand miles stare when I looked over at you. Um, I'm a real, real big lightweight. She's a lightweight. Alcohol, guys. Listen, it's the absinthe. 
Okay. It really is. So, of course, the bar continued to stay afloat, like I said, um, thanks to on the DL liquor sales. Like, they would sell things under the counter. Like a speakeasy? Almost. Okay. Almost like a speakeasy. But then, a couple of years after that, they moved all the stuff from the old Absinthe House, and they took it down and moved it to 400 Bourbon Street. And it served as, like, a real speakeasy, like, a bar, like, a secret bar. That's so fun. Um, for those who are in the know about, like, where to go to have a good time. Damn. Fun, right? Yeah. I want to be in the know. So the, so the bar moved down to 400 Bourbon Street, which is, like, still pretty close to the original spot. Okay. Um, and 400 Bourbon Street is actually now a daiquiri shop, which is fun, I thought. Fun? Yeah, super Wait, fun. Wait, I right? might have gone there. It was called Mangoes Mangoes, I yes! think. Yes! Yeah. I was, I went there. Yep. It's called Mangoes so Mangoes. Fun. And like all their slushies have like, are like overproof. So like they're super strong. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I you can vaguely <laughs> remember. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely recall. So finally, Prohibition was revealed in December 1933, but the old Absinthe House didn't return to its original home on 240 Bourbon Street until 2004. So it was kind of like out of, yeah, out of the works for a while. And then it came back in 2004. That's kind of fun. I like that comeback story. Yeah. Right. And and that's like what uh, a lot of the websites were saying. Like it's a, it's a symbol of perseverance for the people of New Orleans, which I thought was nice. Yeah. I like Um, that. Okay, so now let's talk about the second floor of the old Absinthe House. Because obviously the first floor, the first floor was for drinking and it was the bar. The second floor, according to lore, it was the meeting place of two very famous figures from the 1800s. Apparently, Andrew Jackson, who was not the president at the time, he was actually a general in the War of 1812, mm-hmm. um, he met with pirate Jean Lafitte. Lafitte. I almost said Lafayette. <laughs> and Andrew Jackson and Jean Lafitte struck a deal while they were up there on the second floor. Lafitte and his ships were going to help to defend against the British naval forces in return for John's pardon. Slay. And we're going to get into that a little bit, just for funsies, okay? Yeah. Okay, John Lafitte. He was a famous French pirate and privateer. Do you know the difference between a pirate and a privateer? No. They're very, very... I can't even think of a joke. I (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know what it is. So they are basic... They're very similar. Um, A lot of the times privateers would become pirates but uh the difference between a privateer and a pirate is that pirates are outlaws who rob ships for their own personal gain whereas privateers legally pillaged ships for a sovereign like for a country legally oh under under the under like a war act or something okay um so a lot of so you could be both though like obviously this guy jean was um yeah, if you're, like, a privateer and then you find out that you have, like, a good talent for it. Ex- exactly, and I'm pretty sure that's kind of, like, what this was here. Huge slide. So, he, so Lafitte's life is full of mystery and legend, just like the Absinthe House. Just like me. Just like your life, exactly. <laughs> but it's generally believed that he was born in France or a French colony. I mean, with, like, that name, you would think he's French. Lafitte. Jean Lafitte. Um, he was actively, he was an actively famous pirate. I don't know what I meant by that when I wrote that actively famous well like you know like jack sparrow yeah exactly like jack sparrow exactly. we were just watching the pirates of the caribbean the other such day. a good movie so he was an actively famous pirate in the early 19th century and he had a warehouse in new orleans where he'd hold and distribute the goods that he and his brother had smuggled together okay the lafites were apparently on the government's most wanted list what's pretty interesting right yeah like the government of the colonies like around here 
Or I guess the U.S. because now it's, well, whatever. Now it's the U.S. Whatever government, yeah. yeah. So uh, in September 1814, a British ship and Lafitte's ship met up. And Lafitte was given a letter from King George III. The one that's like, you will Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of the intro to that song. Where it's like, you say... A message from the king. A message from the king. It's exact. That's, and that's what they're saying, actually, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so they offered Lafitte and his forces British citizenship and land grants in the colonies, or they call it the colonies, but the U.S., Yeah. in return for assistance in the naval fight against the U.S., so the War of 1812 was going on, even though it's 1814. Like, you should probably change the name, but whatever. Didn't it start in 1812? Is that... Yeah. Is it the lore? Yeah, that's the lore. Okay. I think so, because otherwise why would they call that, right? I don't know. So they get this letter from King George III, and he's like, listen, if you and your men fight for uh, Britain, Britain, we'll give you land, uh, you can be a British citizen, like, come on, come help us. It's like... And instead, Lafitte took the American side, but not for, like, because he was, like, patriotic or anything. It was because of his own self-preservation and gain. So, I don't want to step <gasps> on your coattails. No, not a, my coattails. <laughs> your coattails. Not at all, not at all. Go on. But I heard, like, a slightly different variation of this story. Tell me, tell me. Which makes me kind of like this guy even more. Okay. So... Go on. I don't want to spoil anything, but there was a reason that I, who am doing the haunts part of this of this house, was re- researching Jean Lafitte. And um, I found that he had formed... So the colonies that they're actually talking about right. are not the U.S. The oh. colonies that, are, that they're talking about is a colony that Jean Lafitte himself formed in in the land that is Louisiana today, and it's called Barataria Bay. Oh. And the British came in, and they were like, we're going to offer you something. We're going to offer you $30,000. Which probably was a lot back then. Yeah. Like a ton. Naval captaincy in the British fleet. What does that mean? Oh, they they would be naval captains. He would become a naval captain. Wow. If he just pledged his allegiance to Britain. All right. So he was like, that's a great deal. So he did. And then he turned his ass around and told Louisiana uh, like governors and, and officials that the British are going to try to invade in this yes. in this bay area. He's a little bit of a two-timer. Yeah, a little bit. But he worked in our favor, so it doesn't matter. The U.S. doesn't believe him and instead sends their ships to wipe out his colony that he's created. Yep. So. That's not a good idea. So. Because they didn't believe him. Wow. Do you want to pick it up from there? Yes. And actually, yeah, that's actually a great segue. So his letter that he sent to America offering help said, I am the stray sheep wishing to return to the sheepfold. (laughs) If you were thoroughly acquainted with the nature of my offenses... I should appear to you much less guilty and still worthy to discharge the duties of a good citizen. And it's giving, I'm just a little baby. It's, that's yeah, exactly what right? it's giving. He's like, I'm not that bad if you actually think about it. I can be a good citizen. So they're like, okay. And this actually <laughs> fills in the blanks because I didn't know why then the U.S. Commodore uh, 
led an offensive force against Lafitte's <laughs> people, but I guess that's why, because they didn't believe him. Yeah. So the Commodore uh, Daniel Patterson led the offensive force against Lafitte and his fellow pirates. So they had uh, a battle, let's say, and Lafitte and his men abandoned their ships like fairly quickly. And they were taken captive once they got on land by the U.S. But Lafitte somehow escaped. Whatever. You'd think he'd be, like, target number one. He's a little slippery. Yeah, he's a little slippery little minx. Uh, The governor of Louisiana writes to the U.S. Attorney General and is like, can we get a pardon for Lafitte? Now I'm like, is it Lafitte? No, it's Lafitte. I think it's Lafitte. Now I'm, like, second-guessing myself. Thank no, you. I, I clicked on a pronunciation okay. earlier. Oh, it's just because I misspelled Lafitte here. Anyway. Um, so they're asked, so the the governor is like, listen, like, we need to pardon Lafitte and his crew. Um, then he also writes to Andrew Jackson and is like, listen, like, when they attacked, like, the pirates, like, this is really going to affect our ability to defend Louisiana from the British Navy because, like, we really could have used them. Like, yeah. why don't we pardon them and get them on our side? So Andrew Jackson comes into New Orleans and he finds that the city is not even remotely ready for battle should the British come. So he's like, okay, like what have you guys been doing? What are we supposed to do about this? He meets with Lafitte in New Orleans at the old absinthe house. The old absinthe house. And the infamous meeting goes down. Lafitte says that he and his men will defend New Orleans if the U.S. will pardon all the men who agreed to defend the city. The battle was a success, long story short. Slay. And the government granted all the men a full pardon in early February 1815. So they were free to do whatever they wanted. Um, it's interesting because Commodore Patterson, who was the guy who had led that, that raid in the beginning, yeah, he was like praising Lafitte and his men and saying how they were so great and like how they had helped whatever man i know right like a little too little too late so they get their full pardon everything's fine they live happily ever after maybe uh (laughs) but this is where this like really big uh exchange of i don't know the room where it happened if you will yeah it happens in the absinthe old absinthe house which is really cool that's really neat and it's interesting because technically when the british ended up attacking the u.s when Lafitte and his people were there, the war had already ended. The, the war of 1812 had already ended, but the British hadn't gotten word yet that it had ended. So they oh, kind of yeah. like attacked for no reason. Yeah. Which is like a little bit embarrassing. I remember hearing that in a push. Like that's, that's embarrassing. A little bit. So what yeah. happens when you don't have like a phone or something. Yeah, I know. Low key. So that's kind of like the, an overall, a brief history. It's definitely best known for, you know, it's prohibition era, crazy times. And that being the meeting of Lafitte and Andrew Jackson. Well, it's also, little segue here, known as being one of the most haunted buildings in New Orleans, which is saying a lot because New Orleans is known as the most haunted city in America. Wow, okay, yeah, that so, is saying a lot. Um, let's go back to our boys. Actually, your boy, uh, Andrew Jackson. I know you like him. Stop! Don't start don't start this discourse. We hate Andrew Jackson here. This is a disclaimer that we both the absolutely despise him. Yes. I was just trying to we get were ta- canceled. We were talking Yeah, you were. We were talking about how much we hate him before. Exactly. And you're Jean so Lafitte. Rude for that. I know I am. I'm more of a Jean Lafitte girly. I am too. Uh so Andrew Jackson, 
seventh president of the United States and American general during the War of 1812. No big deal, right? Okay. Uh, he's a little bit of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. <laughs> and we're going to play a drinking game. Okay. I'm going to give you a history quiz. And oh if God. you get it right, I'll drink. But if you get it wrong, you have to drink. Okay. I like okay. that. I'm going to give us both a little top off here, okay? No. Oh, my God. No, please. <laughs> Just a little bit. <gasps> it's, mostly, it's mostly ice at this okay. point. All right. Okay. We're topped get off nicely. Soul. Beautiful. All right. All right. Let's go. <clears throat> no, I'm nervous. So Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Jackson was best known... Probably, like in modern times, for being a slave owner and his controversial act, the Indian Removal Act, which I know it's Native American, but that's what what it was called called. back then. And it led to this historical event. Trail of Tears. Very good. I'll take a drink. Thank you. For doing that. What was Andrew Jackson's nickname while he was in office? Well, I know there's a musical called bloody bloody andrew jackson that's gonna be my guess it is not dang it drink what is it old hickory because he was as stubborn as a hickory tree okay what is it with all these presidents and like having different like trees like you know like george washington and the cherry tree i don't know trees have been around for a long time even since then next question (laughs) (laughs) what denomination of the American dollar is Andrew Jackson featured on. What does denomination mean? Like what like number? The value, yeah. Twenty dollar. Alright, I'm taking a drink. Very good. Thank you. Can you imagine if I didn't get that? I'm gonna be for real, I don't think I would have gotten it. Really? Yeah. I would have said ten dollars, which I know is Hamilton now, yeah, right? Because Hamilton is the hot one. Yes. Okay. I use that term loosely. Just well, like com- if you had to compare all the men on the on the bills, I feel like he's the best looking. That's, like, low-key kind of valid. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't like Ben Franklin, and I don't like Andrew Jackson. Why don't you like Ben? Oh, Ben Franklin was creepy, right? They're all yeah. creepy. They're all creepy and no, weird. No, Ben Franklin was weird. I, again, he's, like, one of those historical figures that I have, like, a grudge against. Yeah, like, I wouldn't want to be left alone in a room with exactly. him. Um, so, Andrew Jackson's plantation... Okay. Was located in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was called. Is it like a pun or something? No. Like what is it? Okay. <laughs> it was in Nashville, Tennessee. Was it like Jackson Plantation? It was called the Hermitage. So you drink the Hermitage? Yes. Because he was like a hermit or something. No, but that's just I, I I you I thought you had a chance at getting that. You thought wrong. I'm sorry. All right. So I. I'm going to briefly go over why we shouldn't champion Andrew Jackson okay. and why he should probably be removed from the $20 bill. Which, we were talking about this earlier. Does anyone remember, I would say it was like 2016, 2017, yeah. when there was that huge move to change whoever was on the $20 bill and it was going to be a woman because it had uh, 2020 was like 100 years since women gained the right to vote. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Harriet Tubman was chosen. Yeah. And, like, nothing ever happened, it never happened with it. Like, was that a scam? I don't know. They really need to change it. It's time. They really do need it's to change it. It's past time. Uh, especially just because of how brutal this guy was. I'm scared. He was extremely abusive towards his enslaved workers. Okay. And this is a direct quote from History.com. 
Records show that he beat his enslaved workers, including doling out a brutal public whipping to a woman he felt had been, quote, putting on airs. Do you know what putting on airs means? Like acting haughty? Yes. Like acting what he perceived to be superior. Okay. He did that to somewhat one of his enslaved people? One of, the, one of his enslaved workers. Um, and then continuing with the quote, when any of them ran away, he pursued them and put them in chains when they were recovered. In an 1804 newspaper advertisement for a 30-year-old runaway named Tom, he offered an extra $10 for every 100 lashes doled out to the escapee. Oh my god. How disgusting is this man? Yeah, he's re- really, 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 really bad. He's really bad. I didn't know he was... I didn't know about all this stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, the Trail of Tears later on in his presidency. Yeah. Uh, with the forced Marvel. assimilation of Native Americans into white society. Yes. Which Native Americans are still suffering generational trauma from. So, really, not a good thing. Not a good guy. Um, but let's talk about the other guy, Jean Lafitte. Okay, yeah. Again, like you said, French private or French privateer and pirate. Um, and like you said, he fought in the War of 1812 yep. as in exchange for his pardon. Uh, these two are said to hang out in the old absinthe house together. Okay. On the second floor where the like now like happened. still they still yep. do like their ghosts do. Yes. Why? Why would you ever want to hang out with Andrew Jackson in the uh, the afterlife? It beats me. Shouldn't he be in hell? That's my question. Probably. Yeah. But his ghost is condemned to walk the earth. Yeah. Because he has no soul. Um, It's not a residual haunting, I'll tell you that much. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Jean Lafitte is known for throwing loud and rowdy parties with a ton of other ghosts (gasps) who are assumed to be crew members or members of the colony. That's funny. Isn't that fun? Like, listen, if you're dead and you're condemned to the earth, have some fun. You don't have to pay for the alcohol. Yeah. You're not going to get a hangover. And that's like best case scenario. Yeah. Except you would want to kick out Andrew Jackson to get out of here. He's not invited to any parties that I'm having. He can clean up. Sure. He's going to come get me in my sleep tonight. Stop. Oh my God. (laughs) You're my... George Washington is to me as Andrew Jackson is to you. Yeah. I despise this man. He's so gross. All right, anyway. Uh, Staff members of the old absinthe house will hear echoing laughter long (gasps) after close, the clinking of beer mugs, and sometimes the occasional breaking of a, like, bottle or something. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. And drinking songs. (gasps) Sea shanties? Perhaps. 99 bottles of beer in the wall. 99 bottles of Like, right, I'm trying to think of other drinking songs. Um, one that my friends and I do is Thunderstruck. Yeah. Do you think they sing that? I feel like Jean Lafitte would be a he big would. Thunderstruck he guy. Would. I, I can see that. What's the other one? The country one. Oh, oh the rattling bog, the bog down oh. the valley. Oh. I'm like the only one that doesn't have that memorized. I, listen, you just gotta do it. I, I just mean, don't know where to find the song. Like, what is it called? Rattlin' Bog. Oh. How do you spell that? R-A-T-T-L-I-N-B-O-G. Okay. Next time I'm on a long Rattlin car ride, I'll pay it over and over again. <laughs> uh, a levitating pirate's hat. That's so fun. cool. That's so cool. <laughs> or a full body apparition of Jean Lafitte is 
scene um and he's never ever seen without his pirate's hat although sometimes the pirate's hat is seen without him oh so (laughs) just kind of funny right and then andrew jackson is seen with him sometimes so we don't need to go into that yeah he's like irrelevant another famous figure that's known for haunting the old absinthe house is the voodoo queen of new orleans marie laveau yes have you heard of her i have because i watched part of the season of American Horror Story, I think it was like Coven, mm. and it takes place in New Orleans. Interesting. Um, so I'm sure a lot of it was like fictionalized, obviously, but like Marie Laveau, I know she's an iconic figure. She is. So she was known as the Voodoo Queen of New Orleans. She used her voodoo powers to help heal the afflicted, care for the poor, and oversee voodoo spiritual rites. Wow. She really used her powers for good. She did. Her first husband vanished under mysterious circumstances and she became known as the Widow Paris. Okay. Uh, when she remarried... Paris. Yeah, I don't, I don't know okay. why. She remarried and had several children, uh, many of whom died of yellow fever, unfortunately. Oh, that's really sad. But she saw herself as like a spiritual mother to the community. Okay. Oh, so I'm assuming this is like 1800s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she uh, started as a hairdresser oh. for many members of like, the black community in New Orleans. Okay. And she gained valuable information from, like, enslaved workers and, like, indentured servants Mm -hmm. about affluent white families who then began to seek her out for advice and intercession on their behalf. So just a quick background on voodoo. Voodoo entered America through the slave trade, and New Orleans voodoo is very different than the one that still exists in Haiti. Okay. And that's mainly due to the oppression from American slave laws that kind of, like, limited practice in ways and, like, limited their uh, spiritual gatherings and and practices. So they couldn't do everything that they wanted to do. Exactly. Uh, Laveau was drawn to voodoo after the death of her mother and was educated in the arts of voodoo by Dr. John Bayou, who specialized in conjuring and herbology, which is (gasps) why I said... It's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's cool that his last name was Bayou. I know. I kind of thought that was fun too, right? Uh, So she would supply people with advice or protective spiritual items known as Grisgris? Grigri? Okay. It's G-R-I-S-G-R-I-S. I I feel like since it's like part French, it'd be Grigri. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And she would conjure, conjure different voodoo deities to worship. Oh, wow. And some say that her spirit still haunts the old absinthe house <gasps> no she, way i know it's pretty really cool. cool this is definitely out of all of them the the spirit that i'd like to run into yeah most. she just seems like a good person i really like her vibe yeah. she usually chooses like a perch in a window on the second floor and she gazes out onto the street oh. out onto bourbon street uh some other apparitions that are seen up and about is an unknown man who's thought to be Benjamin Butler. Who, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Benjamin Button. I also, the first time I read it, I read it as Benjamin like He Button. was real? You know. <laughs> <laughs> who was a Union general in the Civil War. Okay. But he was disliked on both sides. Oh. Due to controversial tactics and continued assaults on cities that had already surrendered. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah, not a good guy. Um... And there's a woman in a long white dress who is not identified. Classic. That strolls the stairs like up okay. and down repeatedly. Maybe that's where she had her wedding reception. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, had too much absinthe. Yeah, right? Young child. There's a young child. Young child. Young child. 
There's always a young child. Who runs around on the third floor. Okay. And then, of course, guests in the old absinthe house hear whispers, like disembodied whispers. Doors will swing open very frequently with, like, no reason, no rhyme or reason. And everyone there says that there's, like, very irregular cold spots. But, like, the cold spots are never in the same area. Right. So they, like, migrate. And it's like there shouldn't even be cold spots because it's freaking 90 degrees there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And out of everything, people say that ghostly encounters paranormal, sickening, like, feelings, cold spots, encounters, full apparitions, anything. Yeah. Are reported very regularly. Wow. So well, I guess that's how it became one of the most haunted. Like, I guess so, but they. I mean, if you want to experience a haunting, this seems like it might be the place to go. Yeah. So that's that's the old absinthe house. Wow, there's so much history. We really should do a New Orleans trip. I really think we should. There's that. There's the. Uh, there's so many. I mean, there's that gigantic um, cemetery. Ooh, those are like, those are a little. Uh, chilling when yeah. you drive past them. I remember, I think we did like a mini tour of one when I was there, but Ooh. I think I was really freaked. Like, I think I would appreciate it more now because I was a little too freaked out when I went the first time. Yeah. Um, But whenever I think of that, I think of, did you know Nicolas Cage like loves yes. New Orleans and he like bought himself like a huge like mausoleum or something um, around, uh, in that graveyard. It's interesting that all, like, the graves in New Orleans are, like, raised. It is interesting. I remember um, someone I know, you know who this is, but someone I know lived there for a little while. If not, I'll tell you after. I don't know um, who that is. And there was a really big rainstorm. There was, like, a ton of rain, and apparently some of the tombs, don't. I know, like, came, like, like, they came, like, un, unattached to the ground. Like, there were, like, bodies, like like floating and stuff girl i know I there's know. no way i know that's so scary i know i know i know is that freaky new orleans is definitely a very interesting area i would love to go back there let's do it yeah and we can fully appreciate it because i definitely they've got some killer ghost stories oh my god there. yeah you know they do and of course we can hit bourbon street when is like their quote-unquote off season i wonder because obviously march is not probably, mardi gras yeah. yeah uh probably like I'd say maybe like the summer. It's yeah, too hot but down it's there. so hot. So maybe like the fall. The yeah, winter. maybe maybe we could. We have to decide. We'll have to decide between a couple different places for like a fall trip. Yeah, because that could be really fun. That could be really fun. Okay. Ooh. And it's definitely drivable because a couple of my friends did. it. Is it drivable? Them. Really? Yes. Girl, I almost became a spirit myself on the trip to New Orleans because we're on Spirit Airlines. No, we were on a chartered airline, <gasps> and as soon as what? it. Oh my god. Because Villanova chartered yeah. an airplane for like students like, who were go. who couldn't find a flight yeah. because it's impossible to find yeah. a flight into the city for the final four, oh and that's like less than like fifteen hundred dollars. So they were like, "We chartered this flight. It's only like you know, You're like, okay, whatever." And we were like, "Oh, sleigh! Like great, good call." We get on this flight and it starts to take off, and no. there are sirens blaring okay why sirens blaring no idea why to this day the tvs on like the back of the screen or on the back of the seat go completely static this airplane is so old that there's still ash trees (gasps) on the arms of the seat i'm not kidding no i am not i've never i didn't even know that was a thing what when 
was that last a thing? 70s, 60s? Probably. But it was... Oh, my God. Well equipped because there were TVs. Like what? Like, yeah, right. Why? Like, okay, like why? Do, what do you take out the things? Like, like the, exactly. The like how did you put in a TV without taking the like arms of the chair? Priorities. Weird. Priorities. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well we're anyway. not chartering a plane for this. I will tell you that oh, right now. I don't think we'll have any issue there. Yeah, I think I think we might be doing the drive or taking a nice little trippy trip on the plane. That sounds good to me. Well, you guys. I can't believe I know I can't believe that this is our last episode together. I know. Well, it won't be our last episode. I'm sure we'll do I I'll probably be back here before you the lease is even over. Good. Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. We're signing off, but not for the last time at all. You guys gotta give us a little a little leeway though, because we're gonna be figuring out how to do this virtually. yeah. Yeah. But we'll figure it out and we'll be back better than ever. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.